Hello, welcome to Grand Dayal. It's been a while. I hope you're all okay. So we're on the road right now, so you have to forgive us for all of the background noise and such. Like we've ju- we've just come out. I should say we, me and Matt, have just come out of the cinema um, for the first time in about a year and a half, I guess. For me, yeah, it must be must be slightly longer for me, but yeah. Yeah, we've just come out of seeing the lovely brand new 4K print of a Total Recall. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're like, we need to go to the cinema, so we need to watch a film from 1990. <laughs> it's funny, when we talked about two, three months ago, and we said, well, what are the films that will, you know, make us mask up and go? And I went, well, it'll have to be something really, really strong to, to get me out and about. Um, apparently it was Total Recall. Yeah, I, I, I regret nothing. Uh, can't beat Total Recall. It's a brilliant film. Paul yeah. Verhoeven uh, like doing what he does. Paul, Paul, that was that was the thing that I forgot about. Was it was um, Paul Verhoeven? So that was a nice uh, pleasant surprise. Pleasant surprise. Pleasant blood splat. Yeah. Um, I obviously remembered all of the quotables. I heard you saying them quite loudly. It's mandatory. When you watch an Arnie film, you must read the lines along with him. Of of course, it goes without saying. It's the Church of Arnie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was a bit of an... I'm not going to lie. It was a bit of an odd experience going in wearing masks and sitting in the auditorium with the masks on. Considering, like I say, the last time I went to the cinema was, oh, I want to say it was probably March, because I, I think it was Sonic, and no, it wasn't Sonic, it was... That was possibly January. Time. Nah, that was February, so the last time I went to the cinema was at least uh, a decade ago. Whatever, it doesn't matter, time yeah, is different. Yeah, it, it would have been like uh, a great, a, a grand day out in the... The, the Mr. Rogers film yeah, it was like the view 2019 for all intents and purposes it, it may as well have been but I mean it looked fantastic 4k screening I know you said obviously you couldn't really tell a difference no, not particularly but then I I, I watch any films at least once a year like clockwork <laughs> uh, on blu-ray anyway so it's just a bigger screen for me. Yeah, I tell you what was really surreal as well was going in and seeing they're using all the the old trailers from last year, which I can't blame them for. To be fair, because all the films are eventually going to come out. Oh yeah, so we got the trailer for Top Gun, which uh, come out in uh, 2020, coming yep. to cinemas in 2020. Only uh, in cinemas okay. 2020. Yeah. Uh, James Bond is out in April. Yeah, April the fifth, yeah. I think it yeah. was. April yeah. last year. Yeah. <laughs> And that was like the second or third time I think it had moved then, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Because they moved it from the November yeah. memory yeah, yeah. The only trailer that hold its ground was Dune because they just simply wrote coming soon. Oh yeah, Dune's aged per- perfect well. I say it's aged perfectly uh, given all of the, the whole row with it being um, going on to HBO Max and then Denny Villeneuve going, no, I don't want it to go on HBO yeah, Max, he, I want it in the cinemas. He needs a cinema or something like that, where it's going to be an epic, on an epic scale, it needs a cinema. Oh yeah, totally. So, totally, I, yeah. I would agree with him. Yeah, totally. Dune does look really good though. I, I've, I've seen the trailer before, but seeing it again in the cinema on the big screen, actually, um, yeah, 
as much as I don't like David Lynch's Dune, which is a whole thing in itself. Yeah, shit fest. Um, I think definitely, yeah, the, the new one looks really, really good. Right, anyway, you're prattling about trailers for films that come out in the past due to time travel. Yes. But we're not talked about the main event. We started talking about the main <laughs> event and then you went in to talk about the trailers. Well, it's just so surreal going back to the cinema again after like a year and a half. No, it's fine, it's great. It's so weird. I'm doing it again this week. Well, yeah, you'll you'll hear it again later in the episode, but yeah, with, with yeah. no spoilers yet. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Batman. that's fucking Batman. You wish. Yeah, uh, Total Recall is just Total Recall, isn't it? It's from 1990s. Paul Verhoeven doing blood and gore and give these people air. Political satire. Yeah, political satire, of course, yeah. When did you last watch uh, Total Recall? Total Recall, do you know, I think the last time I probably watched that was when we were teenagers. Oh, years ago, then. So, yeah, a good, like, 15 years, 15 possibly, possibly longer, to be fair. Oh, see, I'd seen it relatively, well, i say a couple of years ago. This, this counts as my yearly watch. <laughs> um, no, it's a great film, and the more you watch it, the more the little subtleties you pick up on on repeats, um, like from everything they list out in terms of what the memory implants are, like capturing yeah. the film, like the ending where it's sort of like, well, is it or isn't it uh, a hallucination? That was um, that was mainly the thing that I remembered the film. I like I like that it's kind of so open ended. And because is it a dream? Is it is it real? Is it happening? Well, this is the thing. When you watch it, you go, you get a couple of the characters act odd before he ever goes to Recall. Yeah. Recall being the agency that does memory implants. Yep. Uh, maybe you, hell. Let's give you a quick plot synopsis rundown. For those of you not familiar with Total Recall, and as with all Arnie films, fucking shame on you. <laughs> shame on you. How dare you not watch an Arnie film? Jesus. Total Recall is, is Douglas Quaid is his name, I want to say. Quaid. It's Quaid. Uh, he Douglas goes, Quaid. He, he dreams of Mars and things, and he wants to go to Mars, but he can't afford it. Is that right? Basically, right. Yeah, I know you I know you've only just seen it, so it's all jumbled in your it mind. It is. And, uh, there's a lot going on in my head right now. Have the Essentially, Douglas Quaid is an everyday construction worker who's married to Sharon Stone, who's very hot in this film, but he just has this obsession with Mars he can't quite put his finger on, and he's constantly watching the news, and everything's about Mars, and this dude called Cohagen. Um, and then on his way to work, he sees an advert for a place called Recall. And Recall... Do memory implants so you can go on a dream holiday, be it to the Bahamas or wherever, yep. have the memory implanted yep. for, for uh, 800 credits. 800 credits. Future. Yep. Um, and then you're all sort of hunky dory. Yeah. Uh, so when Douglas goes to recall, despite his best buddy warning him off it and his wife warning him off it with a couple of odd glances, which makes you go, is there something going on there? Or are you just going, for fuck's sake, don't waste your money on it. <laughs> um, he goes there, and this guy sells him a bonus package of going, well, why go to Mars as yourself? Because you're a secret agent. A secret agent? Well, no, he actually reels off, like, a millionaire, a playboy, 
sports um, person wasn't sport, there, I think. Yeah, sports yeah. personality. Sports and then at the bottom, Arnie sees Secret Agent. He's like, Secret Agent, that one. <laughs> and then they pitch, essentially from there, the sales guy pitches the whole film to him. Well, you're a secret agent who's found the secret to Mars, um, who's an, instruct, uh, an indestructible one-man army, and it's yeah. aliens and shit, and the, you know, your mission ends with blue skies and stuff, and it's like, wow, and Arnie buys it, heads into recall, and then the film kicks off where it's implied that he's had a, an aneurysm, and he's hallucinating the memory implant before it's occurred and he's actually a double agent and then the film goes off from there yeah. he's then attacked by people shot by people um, he Arnie, he Arnie's all over them one line is most of the yeah. there's lots of this is prime film for sure yeah 100% yeah and essentially okay. the film follows follows uh, Michael Ironside playing a great little henchman chasing down Arnie trying to stop him as part of this uh, secret agent either real life or plot which culminates in uh, Arnie winning and uh, telling uh, Rick Tubber you'll see him at the party see <laughs> you at the party Rick yes that's where you've lifted it from so essentially it's a sci-fi uh, spy movie based off of based off of uh, based off a novel by Philip, Philip K. Dick, K. Dick called yeah. um, uh, We Remember You Wholesale that's what it was yeah, yeah. I was going to say the other one the dream uh, the Blade Runner's based off of uh, uh, Electric Dreams do 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 Android's Dream of Electric Sheep whatever yeah. it's called yeah that's that's the Blade Runner one yeah. uh, but I've got to say that it holds up really well a lot of it there is some bits where kind of you can tell obviously it, it, it was made in you know the 90s 80s whenever it was and obviously there are certain green screen bits that look a bit ropey but for the most part because it's kind of practical effects for the majority of it mm. still holds up even with the 4k scan it looks really really good so I think that's probably going to be out on I think it's out later in the year on home release I want to say because I've definitely got a standard blu-ray of it which I which might get the chuck I'm not sure time for an upgrade yeah upgrades well, people upgrades <laughs> Definitely, definitely. But yeah, just the whole experience going back again. It was, it's, yeah, surreal and it's nice to be back at the cinema, I guess. That's one thing kind of ticked off. Just got to get live music back. So do you have any uh, standout moments from the film? Uh, standout moment-wise... I, I really like the opening kind of chase through the uh, it's not the airport is Somewhere. it I'm, I'm getting it confused with the running man damn it because yeah, they, yeah. they start very similarly um, oh, subway. through the subway and obviously with the uh, the metal detectors and stuff oh, god yeah. that yeah, still no, looks uh, good x-ray detectors showing skeletons yeah I thought weapons. I really thought that was not going to look good but it still holds yeah, up it one, still well, looks good one criticism of that is that the alarm didn't go off when he first went through because clearly Arnie's packing a pair of guns in this oh, 
God. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Do you think it was real or Arnie was hallucinating? Ooh. Which way do you want to go? I think it was a... I think it's all in his head. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it's all in his head because when the doctor comes in sort of halfway through... Spoilers by the, for this 30, 40-year-old film now, by the way. Spoilers. Um, I think when the doctor comes through about halfway through and obviously he starts saying about, you're actually a recall. And oh, yeah, he's trying to say that. He's, he's trying to bring uh, him down from the psychosis, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. And obviously he goes, uh, take the pill. It's symbolic... Of saying that you're ready to uh, come out of the dream, so yeah, to speak. Break out your And obviously the thing that gives, supposedly gives away uh, the Doctor is a bead of sweat. Which, by the way, you can see clear as day on this lovely 4K print. Oh, just a little bit of bumps in the road there. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to say it's all the dream. Yeah, so you're saying his uh, psychosis made, made him see a bead of sweat and influenced it to... Yeah. So, well, the other thing was, is when he was at Recall, uh, I believe the actual package he selected was called Blue Skies. Film that ends with a blue sky. It ends a, with a blue sky and then there's a, a flash of white light. White yeah. light, which essentially is his aneurysm of his brain caving in on itself. Yeah, that's... I'm willing uh, to... Yeah, I'm willing to go with there's that. There's lots of little soul things where a lot of what the sales guy runs through with him super quickly just actually happens in the film and you're like yeah okay the only thing that makes you go well maybe maybe there's something to it is that his best buddy in the construction yard gives him a look and tells him to stay away from recall uh, recall and when he says yeah of course so well the guy just holds like a lingering shot on him when you're like oh does he know something here or is he just being a sympathetic friend and the yeah. same in the morning um, after Arnie's finished making out with Sharon Stone before going to work <laughs> um, yeah, a couple yeah. of great fight scenes with her as well, demonstrating some mixed martial yeah, arts skills. Yeah, she's um, pretty good actually. Yeah, to be he, fair. he sort of says, "Yeah, you stop thinking about Mars," and she has this look on his face, a look on her face of concern, and you're like, "Well, is it concern because he's just obsessed about Mars, or is it because he blabbed about Mars? He blabbed about Mars." Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But it's um. Yeah, I think it's definitely all in his head because, like you say, there are there are little kind of giveaways and the fact it ends with fucking aliens. Well, yeah, it, it goes. <laughs> yeah, because they weren't going to do the aliens, were they? Because they, they uh, in the package, isn't they? Because they're yeah. saying, oh, they've recently found all of the um, alien artifacts yeah. and stuff on Mars, and she goes, oh, it's a recent addition. Yeah. Isn't it? And I the think... first image you see is a big monster with a monster coming out of its stomach, right? Oh, yeah, because he yeah. says two heads, doesn't oh, he? Yeah. And oh, it's got two heads. I tell you, the one thing that I always think when I watch this film, the guy that plays Quartet, the human, yeah. the human element, I always look at him and go, that's future John Connor, but it really isn't. The actor <laughs> looks so similar. And when I'm saying future John Connor... I'm, of course, talking about the proper future John Connor from the start of Terminator 2. I'm not talking about Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis. Keep going, keep going. The proper one from the start of Terminator 2, when he doesn't say a word and all he does is have a big scar on his face and look for a pair of binoculars <laughs> while Sarah Connor's doing the voiceover. I, d- I don't know what these other films are that you mentioned. I only thought they made two, but, but whatever. Wow. Well, 
uh, it's because um, I actually um, did the time traveling element myself to course correct, so I've got the memories of those past timelines where those were things before I managed to jump back in time and stop Jonathan Moscow from continuing the franchise. That's that's totally an episode right there. Yeah. Terminator 3. That, that's, yeah. yeah, but it didn't happen. That, true. I prevented judgment that it didn't happen. <laughs> So I think what we'll do now is we'll cut away. We'll We're change to Russia. We're going to Russia. We're, we're going to go, going to go get our proper spy on. Maybe, possibly. I don't know if I'll fit in the cat suit though. It, it depends whether there is a line about uh, getting their ass to Mars, seeing them at the party. <laughs> Consider this a divorce. God. <laughs> anyway, see you in a moment. <laughs> Just come out of Black Widow. Yes, we have. I I have I have thoughts. Mm. I have many thoughts. So, okay. I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? I was on board until the third act. Oh, where it went on Marvel. Where where it went typical superhero Marvel smashy smashy CGI. So yeah, I I enjoyed it, but it's not what I thought it was going to be. I didn't realise the setting was essentially after Captain America Civil War and prior to Infinity War. I thought, when I heard it's a prequel, I assumed, based on seeing her in the trailers with other Russian spies, that it was going to be before the mystical Budapest. Budapest, she keeps saying. Budapest. Which they took the piss out of her in the film for. Yeah. Um... I thought it was going to be prior to her defecting, or it was going to culminate in her defecting. I thought it was going to be set in that time period. Right. And I was wrong. Which was kind of disappointing, because that's what I was expecting, and that's what I was geared up for. Right. And I know I didn't get that. I mean, I knew it was set... I knew it was a prequel. I had. A, I knew it was set between... Uh, before Infinity War, because I'd read it, because a lot of the pre-release stuff... Just spoiled it all. Last year, I should say, because this has been waiting for a year now. Mm. Um, obviously, I knew that was coming. I think the main problem... I have two main problems with this film. Is that... One... As as we've already said, the, the third act... I didn't really care for it. Your typical Marvel smashy-smashy... Which, which is fine, but in this one it seemed really, really con- kind of... Which kind of links in with the other thing I didn't like about it. It didn't really have no stakes. Because spoilers for Endgame, obviously, because it's set before everything. You know she dies. Well, so you know, you know that she's got to survive this film. She's got to, yeah, film she's got to survive the film. So everything that's kind of saying, oh, will she get out of it? Well, no, because... Well, no, no. The answer is yes, she will get out of it because she's in the she's in yeah. Endgame. But it's like, well, you're building all this tension to go, oh, will she survive it? Will she not? Oh, you go, well, of course she is. There's there's uh, there's no tension because, like you say, you've got that is why you've got literally got 2020 hindsight because this you know, is why I would have said it in a time and had it to be a true spy free. I would have had it before she defected. Or the culmination of film being her actual defection to S.H.I.E.L.D. I would have thrown some Disney de-aging stuff on it. Yeah. 
uh, and I would have said it during that time period. Um, that's that's what I would have done. Um, like I did enjoy it, but that had lots of logic holes, uh, poor plot decisions, bad casting. But I did enjoy it as a switch my head off from punchy punchy. Okay. Like 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 would we? You must agree with me. Like the worst casting in it was. Old Ray Winstone. Oh God, yeah. Well, I wanted to talk about him. Why would you get a typical Cockney Londoner? You cannot do accents. You can't do accents to do to play. play spoilers, Russian. by the way. No, this should... is all spoiler tag. Yeah. If you're listening to this, you're too fucking late. <laughs> play a Russian head of the Russian head of the Russian. Well, this was my other issue. He's head of a secret Russian organization that's taking over the world. When I'm like. But we know that the Black Widows were an undercover agency that were just sort of sent out on hit squads for the Russian government in the fictional Marvel universe. So I'm like, why are you now saying that they're a separate thing to the Russian government secret service thing? Yeah. And, oh yeah, by the way, we not only do um, conditioning on them, we also now do mind control. I'm like, that's stupid. And by doing that, you're kind of... Yeah. Making it so I, ridiculous, it, it was just unnecessary. I didn't mind the mind control stuff uh, because no, I thought I thought it was going to link back because obviously they've it got the Red it. Guardian in there, yeah, who's yeah. played by by the way David Harbour, absolutely steals the show every single scene yeah, he's in. He's mangling the scenery. It's comic relief. Well, I thought the red stuff in a jar was um, Wanda Juju. Well, I thought that initially. And, it was and I thought, be well, no, hold on, because yeah. And I thought, well, no, hold yeah. on, wait a minute. It's going to be like, because obviously it's got the Red Guardian in it, who's like the Russian equivalent. They didn't really go into it. Well, no, they did. They constantly went going. He's the equivalent because he kept asking about Captain America yeah. and how he could have took him in a fight. But they don't ex- explain why he can t- leap tall buildings in one bound and things. Well, well he couldn't, could he? No. But I was thinking, oh, maybe they're going to do it so like it's it's a variation on pin particles, so it comes from the pin cut particles, uh, and then they've kind of affected it with uh, Wanda Juju. They 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 just did a stupid like there was no need for that. They could have just gone there, been conditioned, fine. Or arguably, it shouldn't have been set modern day with that whole secret empire thing. I'm like, what? And then the other thing, and this is a bigger spoiler for the ending, is that. She's standing in the field, all the Black Widows have flown off, and she's like, oh, I'm just going to hang out with Colonel Ross now, who I always like to see appear, being playing the US... Uh, uh, just playing, US. Yeah, just playing the US government, <laughs> going, no, you can only murder people that we want you to murder. Yeah. I'm like, hang on, you were escaping him at the start of the film, and you're on the run from him, so you're going to get captured by him to then casually be riding off on a motorcycle later. Why two did, weeks later. Why didn't yeah. you just go with the Widows... Yeah, say, I've got another thing to do, and then have two weeks later have that element. Why? Why have it that? Because what was the purpose in that? That, that was stupid. <sighs> I, I would have reshot that. It, as I said before, like the problem with having it in that gap is because you know what's going to happen. It's much yeah, the but, same. But that's the problem. They know what's going to happen. So why weren't they consistent? <laughs> That's that is the main problem with a lot of prequels. You get you kind of get into prequel territory, in that a set number of events have to happen that can't necessarily change the. All, all he needed at the end was to go. I'm um, go hang out with Captain America now, 
That's all he needed was that, yeah. oh, I've just had a text message from Steve. She didn't have to dye her hair and cut it. We're not complete idiots. I liked at the start where it showed her looking at blonde, going, oh, perhaps I should go blonde. Didn't mm. need to see her with her hair cut and gone blonde by end of it. That, that was unnecessary. It should have just ended with her off with the widows and then getting a text message through or, or reading like a cryptic thing in a newspaper. Um, uh, 30 something male Sikhs, redheaded, Russian or something. You know, it could have been an old fashioned uh, uh, spy thing to go, ah, oh, right, I'm going to meet Steve Rogers here later, girls. Yeah. Let me know how it goes, sort of thing. I didn't need it to be, I'm going to get captured by Colonel Ross, but we're not going to show any of that. Then I've escaped Colonel Ross again for no reason. Um, I also quite like that British actor dude. It was like, I can get you anything you need. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, the fixer. He's basically like a fixer, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, what lane are you going in? Sorry, I'm driving at the moment through the centre of Cambridge and I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I should have said that at the beginning, but it's fine. Yeah, I was just... I enjoyed it, but it didn't go where I wanted. I liked Taskmaster. Up until Ooh. the point, I only saw three different fighting styles. I saw Captain America fighting style. I'm like, okay, cool. I saw him do Black Widow fighting style. No, sorry, I saw f four fighting styles. I saw Hawkeye fighting styles because I assume that's who he, uh, Taskmaster is simulating with the sword because Hawkeye has a sword in, in, in game at the start. Yeah. And uh, we saw them do Black Panther. And I'm like, yeah. of all the fighting styles that Taskmaster could have mimicked, why have you gone with those ones? But I did like immediately the first time... Natasha, uh, Black Widow, tried to do a jump around spinny leg bullshit. They just straight away blocked, cancelled, reversed it. And I'm like, good. Because that move <laughs> is such bollocks nonsense. What, why? It, it really is. Now. But they should have played up more more to that. And having her improvise her fighting style rather than continuously doing the exact yeah. same thing. Should have mixed up enough I'm, that he kept Taskmaster on their toes. I'm, I'm in split minds about Taskmaster. Um, I'm not going to spoil it. I didn't like the reveal. The reveal, I was... Well, when they came out, uh, I really don't want to spoil it. Because it's really quite early into the cinematic life cycle. Uh, let's just say their stature gives an indication as to who they are. And I was like, okay. And then when the reveal came... I was a bit like, oh, well, it's better than the fan theory that went around on the internet. Oh, well, the one that I said, it's just going to be Hawkeye. Yeah. Well, the thing was, as soon as they went and sat in after um, Civil War, I'm like, well, I ain't Hawkeye then. If they'd said it was part of the defection, that could have still been Hawkeye. Yeah. And that's why they could have been referencing the whole time. Fuck, do you remember Boonface? And you could have been like, yeah, I'll fucking ruin the place. I was the taskmaster. Well, yeah. What I did quite like, though, was the little callbacks to Budapest. Obviously, with they meet up, they meet... Uh, yeah, is they, it Yelena? Uh, whatever. Florence Pugh's character, Yelena, yeah. in in the house. And there's like, oh, those aren't bullet holes. Because, yeah, they're arrows. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and they correct. And I think the British fixer guy tells her, why do you keep calling Budapest? It's not Budapest. Pest. It's Budapest. And it's like, I don't know whether... I don't... To be honest, I don't know how you pronounce it. And I don't know whether it's in-universe taking a piss out of her not being able to say it. Um, uh, no, I'm going to everything now. Oh, dear. Um, but I'm like, okay, I don't mind that. Uh, it's just kind of like... What? Okay. The other thing I didn't like... Okay. We're going to bust the Red Guardian out of prison, so we're going to dress up in white cat suits. Okay, right, fine. 
Um, I can understand that all of the Black Widows wear cat suits at the start because it's Ray Winstone and he's a dirty old bastard. He's like, yeah, yeah. I need all of my mind-controlled women slaves to be wearing tight leather spandex cat suits. Yeah. Um, I'm like, fine, okay. I, I can understand motivation there, and I'm like, right, you to wear cat suits because you're in the snow, right? It's interesting that Scarlet's cat suit was figure hugging, but Florence Pugh's one was actually more practical. I'm like, okay, again, I yeah. like that common sense. I like the joke about the, the waistcoat with pockets, so I'm going to ask you, because you probably know, was that character or part of the history retconned by, was it, was it Steve who had the thing about always drawing characters with pouches on them and pockets? Oh, the, the, the Rob Leafield, yeah. Yeah, that's... is the character partway created or involved? No, not, not by Red Leaf, uh, Rob Leafield. Did they no. do any writing on that? I, such a joke about pockets. I don't believe so. I think it's, uh, I think... I'm going to get really quite sick. I don't mean to be... Is it just a joke to go, you're always wearing cat suits, girl. Where do you hold all your gear? I think that's basically what it is. It's. I think it's a joke about how women uh, have to have bags and they don't have pockets. I think that's what it is. That's how I read it. I could be entirely wrong. Uh, that's fine then. That's but... fine. Because I like how she just gets the piss ripped out of her throughout the film by her, by her yeah. sister. I, I quite like that. So then anyway, we're, we're on the cat suit thing. So then... We get toward the end of the film, and then the Black Widow um, jumps back to a black cat suit, whereas Florence Pugh stays in the white practical gear. And I'm like, I understand the logic for this as part of we need her in a cat suit to sell the tickets. However, the way it's done in the film, I'm like, what is the logic in that other character wearing a cat suit? Again, is it just to go? But Ray Winston's like, oh yeah, every woman that comes up needs to me needs to be wearing a cat suit. I'm like, is that the, the in-film explanation um, there? I was gonna... I, I, I was like, what? What? I just assumed it was a way to differentiate characters. This one's wearing a black suit. This uh, one's wearing a white suit. No, so how you know like they've that. defected from one side to the other? Because obviously... In, typical film logic anyone who wears black is the villain anyone who wears white no, is the uh, good guy no my issue is more oh, I'll just say it when, when Raquel Weiss's character supposedly is in the black cat suit and then oh no all along it's got your hands with that face technology and I'm like was yeah. Ray Winston expecting his 40 slash 50 sake to turn up to him in a black cat suit <laughs> like is that how he goes anybody that reports into me needs to be in a cat suit was that his logic there I, is that why you didn't go hang on a minute uh, That's why well, my brain went, what's the logic in that? Okay. Could, could have just turned back up at what she was wearing at the start of filming, a pair of jeans and a, and a hoodie. That yeah. Would, that would have been fine, because if it comes to the fight scene, she could have just took the hoodie off. Okay, so here's, uh, here's my next question. Do you, uh, think, do you think Marv was right in delaying it for a year, and should it have been a TV series? Um, Be honest. I think they were right to delay it for a year because it's a cinematic thing based on everything that happens in it. A TV series, if they were doing that as a TV series, no, that wouldn't have panned out. That would have been very poor. Mm, right. But if they were doing it as a prequel, proper prequel, when she's defecting, yeah, with all the spy stuff, that could have been a little mini-series. So my my main thing was I, I really liked all of the, the spy stuff. They kind of... They had the hidden plans for the, the first two. The first two acts. There wasn't enough of it. I really liked, but the, yeah, there wasn't enough of it because obviously it suffers from the main, the, the main 
thing with these superhero mainstream blockbuster films is that the third act has to be smashy smashy but yeah. it's not really a character that can do smashy smashy smashy, smashy I, I, because I, I they're human as Florence Pugh keeps going in I sing you the the uh, MacGuffin because I thought you could get the big god of thunder the big like space god to come help us out or get the smart avenger Tony Stark to like do some computery stuff on the MacGuffin yeah like I didn't send it to you if you bring it all the way back here. That was literally the plot of fucking um, uh, the Last Crusade. I sent my <laughs> diary back to America so the Nazis couldn't get it, and you've brought it all the way back here. <laughs> That's what happened there. No, you're right. I, I, God, wow. Okay. Um. Shall Shall we dissect the the, the post-credit scene. Uh, if anybody, uh, there's another thing I wanted to say. Actually, okay. Yeah. Where you talked about the delay in filming and release. Isn't it amusing how both Raquel Weiss and her husband Daniel Craig both had their films delayed from COVID? His being James Bond, that's been delayed multiple times. Yeah, yeah. That's been delayed at least 18 months, and then his wife's being Raquel Weiss's has also been delayed mm. about a year and a bit as well. I just thought that was funny. I bet they're both at home going, fuck, we finally got paid. <laughs> well, I don't know whether they're going out. I don't know what the deal is with press tours at the moment. Because I know I don't think she turned up to the premiere. I know Scarlett Johansson didn't turn up to the premiere. Because she appeared on a video screen. Yeah. Because I think she's pregnant as well, so it's probably not yeah, necessarily wise at the moment. Where was the premiere held? Uh, I want to say it was over here, possibly. Yeah, well, again, what's, what's the benefit in that? That, that like, Scarlett Johansson will be in America somewhere, won't she? I assume that's where she resides. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, okay, end credits. This, sounds, this sounds all incredibly negative. Oh, no, I really enjoyed it. It is generally quite good. It's a good I, way to spend two hours. I quite enjoyed it. It's just, I would have wrote it slightly differently because I thought it was going somewhere different. I thought prequel meant it's before the first film in Marvel chronologically being Captain Marvel. Well, it wouldn't have been, it would have been after Captain Marvel, but before The Incredible Hulk. I thought it was going to be in that time period there, and I thought that would have been a far more interesting time for time period when you're going, we want to do some creative stuff with the Black Widow character. We want to... Yeah. And I thought we were going to see all the schools where they did the brainwashing and training. I thought it was going to be a proper... Like mm. flashback in that regards, uh, mm. and then it wasn't, and then it was just mind control with magic juju. <laughs> the magical MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. Which they didn't that really was great. Explain it all in any yeah. detail. Like I, I say, like, I uh-huh. do wonder how much because the end credit scene I think was, might have been a reshoot. Uh, no, I don't think it was. Having watched all of the Marvel TV shows released thus far, I believe that was always the intention. Because that would have come out, and then at the same time Black Widow would have come out, we already would have seen what well, it originally was going to be uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, then we would have had WandaVision, and then Loki and Hawkeye was coming out the year following. But in the meantime, we would have had the Eternals and Shang-Chi. It all would have just been linking in. Yeah. It all would have been linking in. And again, it was that's a thread point set present day. Yeah, uh, essentially within the universe, and that show and that was set a fair period of time after Endgame, to which you go and well, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and One Division are set pretty close after Endgame. 
Yeah. Like, for all we know, that graves, uh, grave scene could have been two or three months after Endgame, like a year down the line, sort of yeah. thing. You don't quite know where it's set. So I think that works perfectly. Now it's definitely always the intention. I don't know. Because Black Widow was always supposed to come first, so it was supposed to... In a way, it, like it, it Iron Man, it, in the way that Iron Man 3 was a coder to phase one, and that uh, I think it's Ant Man was the coder to phase two. So it's kind of the transition period between the, the yeah, two. No, honestly, I, it, it works. Mm. It works. Based on what I know, having watched the TV shows, which you haven't fully, yeah. it works. It fits in. It fits in. I think I, it fits because you asked me after the. Yeah. We're not going to spoil the after credit scene. No, no, I might do yeah. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to. But with the way it sets up certain events, I am tempted to go back and watch uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah. because I was always a bit like, uh, I don't know if it's a thread of the Marvel universe, it, the it, Marvel it, Cinematic it, Universe. It, it I want to follow. They, they all are. They all are. I was saying to you when we walked out, you now like you commit. You have to watch everything to get the full connectivity. Like they'll still explain it because it's targeted at children. Let's be honest here. <laughs> like they'll still explain it, but you'll get just that little bit more from it. Yeah. But, but no, it links in. And if that and if I was to be either chronologically the first appearance of those characters and that thread point, fine. Or if I was to be second or third based on however it falls. I'm like, no, that's fine. It still fits. It still works. Mm. Still, It still works. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed the film. It just wasn't what I was expecting, but then I had high expectations of wanting a proper spy thriller and this didn't yeah. go down this. This went down the, uh, my character's dumb and isn't really a spy anymore, which she's not. Let's be fair on that. She's no, not she's an Avenger. She's they keep Avenger. call they keep calling her an Avenger throughout the film. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, that explains why she took the MacGuffin back to the place and didn't play have a phone call or anything. Yeah, uh, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, I'm gonna give it another rewrite, just to tie up a few of the weaker things. I would have been Ray Winstone. Oh God, yeah. Well, I think we can both agree on that. He. He, he was not a good fit for that role I at all. I recast it or binned it because I prefer the idea of the Black Widows being a, a wing of the Soviet secret service. I much prefer that rather than a separate entity. Yeah. I, I would have preferred that. And I would have ditched the magical Juju. I would have had it that her little sister wants to break out. She's in deep. She's done double or triple cover or whatever. She's got red on her ledger. It's it's positively dripping, seeping, seeping, dripping. Yeah, no, I would have, I would have, <laughs> I would have done it like that. That she needs, she needs help getting out. Yeah. Uh, and she's if if I was determined to set it in that time period, I would have been. She needs get help getting out or something. Yeah. Um. So as yeah. as basically a goodbye to the 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 Black Widow character. Do, do we think it did it justice? Ish. It, it, it did enough. Right. But I, I just wanted saying I, I didn't want what I got. I mean, yeah, I was I was expecting a 
a spy thriller again, which we kind of got, but then we kind of didn't because again, uh, it, it was in standard Marvel fare. You have to have the smashy smashy. It, with it, it should have, yeah. it should have, it should have had more. Maybe as a character building thing, should have had more of her. Guy, I need to find Steve. I need to find the Avengers. You know, yep. I'm going to set up. I know how to live on the run. These guys don't. Yeah, and should have had more of her taking the lead, which essentially in Endgame she was the leader. She had that big old house. She was coordinating yeah. all the missions with the people in space and that. It should have shown her stepping up and in, in that regards and dropped those yeah. uh, thread points there, rather than just being the eye candy, which is what typically she was in the films, unfortunately. Which again they ripped the piss out of her sister. Said, "Why do you always do the hair flip fling? Why do the you hair flip like and, the, and, the, yeah. and the pose?" Yeah, yeah so, it's like look at me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm like it. It it would have made sense to go. She's got embroiled in this thing, but throughout she's learning that no, I can lead. I don't have to obsess on my past. I need to sort out. I need to find Captain America. I need to find sort everybody out. We need to start yep. building plans and all of that. You know, and it should have also had. I don't know. I don't want to use Thanos as a thing that like nobody was really aware of Thanos at that point, but they were like. Four left in a fucking hurry, going to look for these, these, these space gem MacGuffins. Like, we need to set up and mobilize ready for his return when he's come back with the facts or something. There should have been a little, like, a couple yeah. things like that. It didn't have to be excessive. That would have been nice. Mm. But again, I think it's the the, the time bit that's. Yeah, the time zone yeah. they've picked specifically. Yeah. Or, it's or so it should have close just been a spy to... thriller of her being on the run, breaking into previous S.H.I.E.L.D. or US government resources to find bits of information and intel as to where Captain America is and yeah. where everybody is. To It should have just... It, tell you what it should have been then. Oh, here we go, here we go, here yeah. we go, here if we go. It, if it wasn't going to be The Last Crusade, what it should have been should have been a fucking heist film Right. So the film should have been Ocean's Eleven. It should have been Black Widow coordinating all sneaky spy shit to steal information to work out where the Avengers are and where they can go and mobilise ready for Thor's return. That's what it yeah. should have been. And it should have had all these complex things of going, right, I need a crew. <laughs> and then, then, then it could have still had, like, the Red Guardian as, like, a city character. It could have Raquel Weiss. It could have had the sister being like, I need you people and your people so far off the radar... I need your help to break into Shield or or, yeah. or the fucking Pentagon or something, and it should have just like doubled down on that, and then maybe they could have ended up in a casino or something. It, sh- <laughs> it should have it should have gone down that complete spy bullshit avenue. It should have just it should have leaned into it a lot more. It than should it have did. done all of that and all just in, to try and work out where where everybody is, or that they're gonna break in and steal a MacGuffin that then gives them. Yeah, and a credit card with no limit or something to finance. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it should have been all about something with regards to that. Yeah. I, nah. Yeah. No, come on. Like, it, I can't quite. <laughs> think, that would have been a much better mechanism, and then it should have found. If they'd linked it in better to, like, it's again, it's where they decided to set the film. Yeah. If they'd set it closer to. Infinity War as opposed to Civil War. Yeah. God, these films have got too many bloody stupid different names. Yeah. Um, 
it probably would have worked a lot better but I understand why they wanted to set it so close there because then obviously it's a perfect time period where not a lot necessarily was happening yeah there weren't space terrorists yeah there, there, there obviously wasn't a Thanos there wasn't you know uh, McGuff. Yeah. We, well, there was a funnel. We just weren't aware of him on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Earth wasn't aware of him. It, you know. Yeah. I mean, it. It's a solid film. Don't get me wrong. It has its flaws, as do. I think a lot of the Marvel films, but it's yeah, not yeah. as flawed as say, which I think is probably the worst one, being Iron Man Two. Even though that did have some great set pieces in it, that's clearly one of the lesser films. Yeah. I. I would still like. In a new Marvel film or TV show, I would still like to see the return of Hammer Industries. Yeah. I would like to see that CEO played by Sam Rockwell back as yeah. a counterpart. Or, or, and I wouldn't mind seeing Whiplash. Because just because he got electrocuted at the end of Iron Man 2 and flopped down in a puddle or whatever it was, yeah. doesn't mean he was dead. No, he was wearing battle armor. They could have just gone, oh, he's out cold now. Yeah. And then he totally could have made a comeback. Hell, he may still make a comeback. Well, I doubt it. Doubt it, because... Because I'm not writing these films. But <laughs> I, I would have had him made a comeback. Well, I think... Um, They'd be like, we need a tech guy. And then you could have those two characters. You could have Sam Rockwell uh, with Whiplash working on Valentine's team as counterparts. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I don't really know where they're going to go from here, to be honest. I do. I mean, I can see where they're going to take the, the Hawkeye show. Yeah, but I know where they're building towards. I know what this phase is going to be. I've sussed out based on the shows and films now. Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that off recording. Yeah. But Black Widow overall, yeah. It's a solid 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'd say 7, seven out of 10. 7.5. Yeah. Three, three, out, 3 out of 5 stars. Yeah. It's entertaining, does its job. Wasn't what I wanted, but then I don't often get what I want with films. No, because there was no decapitations. Um, not so much that. Like, sometimes I would prefer them to stick more to the characters motivation this character is an expert in spying I want more spying <laughs> with Iron Man he's an expert in tech and building cool shit that's what I want to see and Ant-Man's an idiot so we want more idiots Hoist, but he's an expert in heists so it's a heist film yeah you know what I mean like that's yeah and if think... Hulk's an expert in smashy smashy that's what I want <laughs> Hulk to do smashy smashy in these films true very true right that, that's sometimes a when they're solo films, I want them to lean more into their character traits. When yeah. they're collaborative films, I don't mind them being acting out of character. Okay. Because it, it kind of works. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. That's completely fair. Um, I think what I'll do, I think what we'll do is I'll let you keep driving. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. See you soon. Hello, it's me. It's Dave, I am on my own. So I have just come out of the cinema for the third time, third time this week. I have just seen a film called Freaky. Uh, the best way to describe it is 
Freaky Friday, but rather than a mother and a daughter change places, it's a teenage girl and a serial killer changing places. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I don't think it's... I don't think it does anything new necessarily. I don't think it really breaks any sort of uh, ground in terms of those sort of films. Uh, I mean, it was, I, I really liked the start of the film where it comes up with Wednesday the 11th and it's a clear take on Friday the 13th, you've got Vince Vaughn wearing a mask and he's killing people and he kind of does typical Jasonisms, he tilts his head and he's quite big and imposing. Really, really quite like that. That was pretty cool. Uh, huge shout out to him though for playing a really sinister uh, kind of role serial killer really really good uh also big shout out to Catherine newton who plays the teenage girl in the film called millie when she plays the role of the serial killer she is really really good really sinister and creepy and you kind of buy into it but i mean aside from that didn't like I said, it didn't really break any new ground per se. Uh, it is a Blumhouse film, so obviously it's quite low budget, a lot of kind of practical effects and such like. So that was really good in that part. Where they actually changed the bodies kind of, I liked because everything before and after, obviously they changed back bodies. It's kind of, it's very cookie cutter, it's very, uh, how do I put this, it's, it's very unremarkable, shall we say. It doesn't do anything new, it's very predictable, but obviously when they swap bodies that's quite nice because you get a bit more characterisation and such, but again it's, yeah. Do I think it's going to do anything? Do I think it's worth seeing? I mean, if there's nothing else on and it's on TV one night, then yeah, I'll probably watch it, which is ironically how I saw um, Christopher Landon's uh, previous film, one of his previous films being Happy Death Day which I really enjoyed, which is pretty much why I went to see uh, Freaky. Quite interested to see where he goes from here, but like I say, I, it doesn't do anything remarkable. It doesn't really, you know, doesn't do anything special per se. Like I say, if it's on, give it a watch. You might like it, you might enjoy it. But I mean, I can't really, Say a lot else. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to take a quick break. I might go back in and either see A Quiet Place 2 or Fast 9. It depends how much I hate myself <laughs> as to whether I see Fast 9. So, 
yeah, um, I will hopefully catch up with you in a few minutes. Now we are back home. You are probably wondering, what what did you end up seeing in the end then? So I got very close to seeing A Quiet Place 2. I had the tickets in my basket. I was ready to check out. And then I thought, hold on a minute. I haven't seen the original film. Ah, yeah. So I decided that I needed a two-hour lecture. Sorry, two-and-a-half-hour lecture on family by one Vincent Diesel. <laughs> I don't know what I can say about The Fast and Furious. We're, we're technically on the 10th film now. Yes, that's right. 10th film, because don't forget there was a spin-off called Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> uh, what, what did I think of it? Of Fast 9? Well, I've... Okay, so I think... It's at this point where Fast 9 essentially becomes comic books. <laughs> because those crazy bastards at Universal have jumped the shark fully. Now, my history with the Fast and Furious franchise is that I've seen all of them. God help me. I saw the original one on DVD when it came out. The second one I saw a couple of years ago. The third one I, saw, I went to the cinema and saw. And then Hobson Shaw, the one before this one, I saw at the cinema as well, because I thought, eh, it's a spin-off, it should be fine. So I don't have a lot of affinity for the series as a whole. So again, Dave, how? why is it like a comic book? It's like a comic book in the sense that the characters are now so over-the-top and ridiculous, and that old comic book adage of nobody stays dead. <laughs> So I'm not sure how much of a spoiler it is to say that there are characters who were once thought dead have returned, be this Letty, I think her name's Letty, the Michelle Rodriguez character anyway. She supposedly died in the fourth one, but then come back in the sixth one. And and, and in this film, you've got uh, the character called Han, who supposedly died in the third one which wasn't actually the third one. It technically happens during the sixth one at the end. But yeah, it's it's a whole thing. He comes back from the dead, supposedly. And I forgot how stupid it was, but, Mr. but Kurt Russell's character is literally called Mr. Nobody. Just let that sink in. This is... He's called Mr. Nobody. And... That is on the same levels as Avatar having the rarest material known to man called unobtainium. I just... I just don't know what... I mean, I sat in the cinema. It, was, it wasn't really that full, but I counted at least ten times where I screamed, fuck off at the screen. So the opening kind of seat... Uh, opening kind of CGI fest involves one Mr. Vincent Diesel driving off a cliff getting the rope from a bridge caught around his tyre swinging off said ledge of cliff we're not done yet somehow releasing the rope from his tyre of the car to then roll it on the ground to then land perfectly and drive away. Meanwhile, while this is happening, 
John Cena, that's right, former WWE wrestler, John Cena plays, I'm not sure it's a spoiler, fuck it, I'm going to spoil it, I don't care, because I don't know how many people actually like the Fast and Furious franchise who listen to this at this point. So John Cena's character plays Vincent Diesel's brother. Anyway, in this sequence, he drives off a cliff using nitro for then an aeroplane to come along, pick him up mid-fall off the cliff and fly away. <laughs> it's it's just... That's, that is... But that is not even the tip of the iceberg. So the main plot of the film seems to be that we need to the McGuff, they need to get the MacGuffin called Project Ares, which for some reason somebody's developed. It's never really explained why they developed it, but somehow it can hack and crack the code of anything that uses coding. And if and this one person can overtake the whole entire world's computers because reasons. Uh, yeah, so it all kind of culminates in just so much CGI mess, and of course there's the obligatory family uh, scenes in there because of course there is. I've 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 got to say it. Fuck it. I'm going to spoil it. If you don't want to know, kind of the end of the film, skip ahead or stop listening. See you later. See you next week. I've got to tell you. So the rumor, So the main reason I saw this film was that I saw rumours online that Fast and Furious was going to go into space. I thought, nah, that's fucking ridiculous. They can't. They can't do that. It was when we got to the midway point of the film where I think it's Ludacris' character and another character called Roman. I can't... You have to forgive me. I can't remember the names because I'm not that invested in this fan- franchise. Finds goes. They're sent off halfway across the world to go find these other characters who can help out in getting Project Ares. And they're just there with a car with a jet engine on top of it. And you're like, okay, this is fucking weird. And it later transpires that Project Ares will only work if there is a satellite in orbit Just going to let that hang there for a moment. In orbit, for them to go to Project... So Project Ares can uplink to this satellite and the satellite can beam down this fucking code or whatever it is to take over the world's computers. Don't know. Not really explained. Villain is bad guy villain. Never explained why he wants it. Except for bad guy is bad. So anyway, it turns out that the the only way to to disrupt the link is to take out the satellite from orbit. It was at this point I screamed several times, fuck off, at the screen. You then cut to the same two characters, the ludicrous character and the character called Roman, in a car, with a jet engine on the back, in old-fashioned scuba diving gear. We're talking like World War, like what you know, like the really old deep-sea diving suits. Yet those attached to a back of another plane, which drops them, so then they can initiate the jet pack. The the rock. The I I can't even. You have to excuse me. I'm so sorry. This is so ridiculous to say. As so they launch this car off the back of this spaceship. Of not off 
a spaceship, off of a jet, sorry, to then use the 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 rocket fucking thrusters to launch into space and and it goes to space and they go to space. I'm just it's fucking ridiculous. I I don't know what else I can say. They they did it. They 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 finally did it. To really, really badly quote and paraphrase Jurassic Park, they didn't stop and think as to whether they should do it, whether they could whether they should whether they could do it as opposed to whether they should, but they fucking did. They went to space and I'm just I can't I can't I can't get my head around it. Aside from that, I mean, Vin Diesel just basically he's sleep sleepwalking through the entire movie. But everyone in this movie is just sleepwalking through it. It was nice to see Dame Helen Mirren turn up, and she gets to drive a fast car and do mad stunts on her on her bike. So that's a thing. And. The only really person I've known who I thought was doing good work was, for some reason, Michael Rooker, who's in this film. And I'm just... Uh, if you're a fan of the series, you are going to enjoy the hell out of this. Do not get me wrong. I am not the target demographic for this film. I went in expecting shite, and I got shite. Make no mistake, I got two and a half hours of shite where I screamed at the screen repeatedly... Fuck off. Well, I'm pretty sure half of the people in the auditorium heard me. I I didn't really know what to expect. I don't... I just... I think fans of the series are going to absolutely lap it up. And I think there is possibly another two films coming as well before this franchise ends. So, you're, so overall, you're going to get 12 films... In the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh, and another spin-off which is coming as well, which was recently announced not long after the release of this film. It's just just beating a beating a dead horse, you know? Just just beat that dead horse. <laughs> I just don't know. I I should say I'm not gonna see the next one, but there is a very good chance I will go see the next one. Because part of me is just morbidly curious, which is why I saw this film. Because I know it's going to tick certain boxes. It's a big budget kind of popcorn action flick. Ah, that's what we should talk about. We should talk about all of the CGI in this film. So anytime cars flip, uh, they're, they're doing stupid things, you know, like flying into space or whatever. It's all CGI. <laughs> and it's like, it's so obvious. There's a bit where John Cena's character jumps from one car to another car and he's like CGI, and I and it just makes me pine for the old days, of like. You know, there's even a bit in the film where they have to flip a lorry using, uh, ultra high power magnets, electromagnets, sorry, which they turn on and off in the car next door to the handbrake. So they have to flip, flip it, and that is all CGI as well. Meanwhile, you've got all the actors just kind of gurning the way, gurning their way through this film. Like this is completely normal, reacting to basically nothing. Um, I don't really know what else I can say. It just makes me really pine for the old days, where a lot of you know these car flips and stuff were all done as practical. You look at 
the, the original Fast and Furious film, which I don't, which I think is fine. I don't think it's a terrible film. I just think it's fine. A lot of that was all practical. Whenever they flipped a car, they flipped a real car, you know. Or whenever somebody did something stupid, it was they did it for real. It's the the franchise has literally jumped the shark and positively hanging onto the back of it, clinging on for dear life at this point because it knows it's stupid and it knows it's silly. Which is, if you'd like that sign of thing, that's fine. I do, but again, it didn't. It's just something about it that just it doesn't feel right to me. I I know I've got a very poor taste in films. Don't 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 get me wrong, but this just kind of rubbed me up the wrong way. Uh, the post credit scene, though, uh, because yes, there are post credit scenes. Um, yeah, it was enough to kind of intrigue. Well, it was nice to see a certain character return because, of course, like I said, nobody stays dead in this fucking series because we're now Marvel and DC Comics at this point. No one dies, and if they do, they come back eventually. Hell, I mean, even even they didn't even kill off um, Paul Walker's character. It was implied that he went off to live his own life, and they've kind of brought him back for this one, but not really. It's it's implied that he's still alive and he's doing stuff, which is fine. They want to honour Paul Walker's legacy and, and that character and things. That's fine. I haven't got a problem with that, you know. But it's going to get to the point where I think people are going to want to see him, and that's just not going to happen. Whether they do the Fast and Furious 7 thing where they bring in his brothers again and CGI in his face, I don't know. But at this point, all of the twists and turns in his films make Saw look like, you know, Saw's uh, twists and turns and surprise endings, like a fucking nursery nursery rhyme. You know, it's it's ridiculous. Again, if you like the franchise, you are going to get a kick out of this. But for me, um, there's absolutely no hope. I don't really want to see the next one, but again, like I said previously, there is a morbid curiosity part of me that kind of wants to keep going to see these films, despite the fact that I know they're not going to be any good. And I know I'm going to be screaming fuck off repeatedly at the screen for all of these ridiculous bloody stunts and CGI things. I mean, they've gone to space. Just think about that for a moment. Whenever horror franchises run out of ideas. What's the first thing they go to? They go to space. Hellraiser went to space. Leprechaun went to space, you know? Jason, you know, Friday the 13th. He went to space. And now you can kind of... And now you can add fucking Fast and Furious. They went to space. And it's just... I don't... I don't... I don't get it. Who... Who... Who watches these films and goes, that was... A great film, but not only that, it's the best one of the series. I don't get it. It's very similar to the Resident Evil franchise when that was going. Thank God we're getting a reboot now that's going to be closer to the games. But who was watching those films originally to go, do you know what? These films are fantastic. I need all of these. Because you damn well know that there's going to be somebody out there who goes, this is my favourite film. Which, I'm going to be honest, Fucking worries me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just in absolute awe of the balls and cojones of this film series. I mean, fair play to them. You know, they know their fans, they know what they want, and they're they're going to give them what they want. But for the casual moviegoer who who like who you know like me, shall we say, who who's vaguely aware of the franchise has seen a couple of the films, 
you know, go in and see this. They were like, what the hell is this? Especially if you take someone who's only seen, like, maybe the first film or the first couple of films, say, where it's a grounded street racing kind of uh, crime crime mob thing it's grounded it's down to earth kind of thing you know and you put them in front of this film where they're fucking literally flying into space and and flipping cars and playing with giant electromagnets and shit they're gonna be like what the hell is this just remember that in the same year i think it was the same year that the original fast and furious came out there was another film that came out that was very similar called gone in 60 seconds which i'm gonna say it I think is a better film than the original Fast and Furious, which is quite controversial. But just remember, that only had one film in that series, yet the Fast and Furious has gone on to have fucking ten films, with two more... Again, I say this again. Two more mainline entries coming, and yet another spin-off based around Charlize Theron's character. Just... I don't... I don't get it. I just... I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I think I'm probably going to round out this episode now because I've spent 15 minutes just ranting about this film because my my word, I just... The balls on Universal. <laughs> just Vincent Diesel, you are a one-of-a-kind person just gurning through the majority of these films, not really doing anything, and yet people still keep flocking to go see these fucking films. It's... I don't know, I think I'm just jealous because I wish I could do that. <laughs> so yeah, let's um, let's round out the episode now. Uh, returning to the cinemas was really, really nice this week in this, in this lovely week I've had. I've seen some good stuff, I've seen some meh stuff, and I've seen just the most ridiculous fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, I don't really know probably when I'm going to do another one. I mean, Space Jam's out soon. Do you want to hear me cover Space Jam? I'm probably going to go see it anyway. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, keep an eye on the social medias. Uh, don't forget, get in contact with us. We're over on Twitter as at anyone podcast or on Facebook as well. Search for us, you will find us. I mean, longer rants, rambles, considerations can be sent via email to anyone for seconds at gmail.com. You know, leave a like, rate, and review on podcast platform of choice and all that sort of gubbins. Um, yeah, uh, I guess I'll see you next week. Fucking Vincent Diesel. Deary me.